0: The Orlando Magic do something surprisingly simple sounding but really really important. It's not just about how you respond late, it's how you manage the game. Oh yeah, and the Magic One, which is which is a lot of fun too. We'll talk about it all on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are indeed a locked on magic. Today is March 24th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman. I am the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip underscore OMD. On today's episode of locked on magic, the Orlando Magic defeat the New York Knicks, holding them off time and time and time again. Why the game of runs is not just a cliche, or why it's a cliche. But it's actually something really, really important that this team is learning to do more and more. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember this great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode. Is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. If you sat through enough coaches' press conferences in the NBA, inevitably you will hear the phrase that the NBA is a game of runs. Um, Certainly you will also hear that every team in the NBA has a run in them, no lead is safe. There's a lot of NBA cliches out there, and they can be a little annoying to hear because sometimes they feel like cop outs, or they feel like, uh, you know, they, they feel like deflections from why the team lost a big lead. But there, there is there is something to it. Cliches are cliches for a reason. It's because they are tried and true. They are tired and forever repeating. Cliches exist because there is. A kernel of truth to them. There is a little bit that does make sense about them and how they interact with the season, with the rest of the year. These things are not just in isolation, if that makes sense. Um, they they occur. And look, no one's happy that a team loses a nineteen-point lead. Uh, you know, the the magic or the magic have run. Won very few games by more than ten points recently. More than half their games come down to clutch situations. We've been obsessed with how this team performs in the clutch because it is the difference between making up ground in the play-in tournament, at least in the current team's current situation. It's going to be the difference between winning game two and game th- and losing game two. It's going to be a huge difference. Being able to execute down the stretch when the pressure is the highest is critical for this team's long-term hopes and abilities. And as Jamal Mosley said after Thursday's game, the only way this team's going to learn how to do it is to experience it, is to go through it. And so Thursday's game was, yes, a lesson in being able to close a game out, make shots, keep a team at bay in the late stages of the game. But it was also a lesson in learning how to manage runs. Learning how to manage those attacks on your lead is a lesson, too, in learning how to finish a game from start to finish. In Thursday's 111-105 win over the New York Knicks, Orlando built a 19-point lead midway through the second quarter. They They did everything that this Magic team is supposed to do. They played great defense. They got out in transition. They moved the ball incredibly well. They played superb basketball. And it looked like maybe the Magic were going to be able to coast to a win, right? but that's not how this league works, especially against a good team like the New York Knicks. Um, the the Knicks whittled that lead down to 8 by halftime, and Orlando was able to get it back out to 17, 19 points in the third, but then the Knicks made their attack. Then the Knicks made their run. They buckled off, buckled down defensively, locked down the paint, made the Magic shoot a lot of difficult shots, cut off a lot of the Magic's passing lanes and and passes that were working so well in the second. And then all of a sudden, the Knicks were tying the game. The Knicks had battled all the way back. This is when uh, Jamal Mosley told a really interesting story. Um, Jamal Mosley said, at halftime, they focused on winning quarters. Like, cut the game up a little bit into smaller pieces. Win quarters, come out stronger, do all these things... And so at a, at a tie game with the Magic's lead completely gone now, the goal was simply to win the fourth quarter. Obviously, duh. But it was a really, it's really a message of put the past aside, focus on the moment, focus on what you have to do in the now to get the job done. And this is a great approach. This is a great lesson. This is a great idea To help this team move forward. Help this team beat back those runs. Because Orlando extended the lead back out. New York brought it back in. Orlando extended the lead back out. New York brought it in. And each time, Orlando answered. Each time, Orlando made the plays that they would need to to win the game. Yes, making shots matter. That energizes everything. And in latent games... That's the only thing that matters. That's why teams tend to put out offensive lineups late in games, even if they don't use it to its full potential. Um, They tend to put offensive lineups over defensive lineups late in games. The Magic had a lead and were playing with the lead and simply had to manage it and nurse it to the end. So credit to Gary Harris for a big three. Credit to Cole Anthony for a big three. Credit to Wendell Carter for a big three. Credit to Paolo Banquero with a big three. A humongous three in the corner that put this team up seven And really put this game away. The Magic are... As much as we're fretting about close game stuff, and we should, and it's really important, the Magic are getting better. The Magic are playing at a higher level. Are showing more poise and maturity. They are doing all the things that they need to do to win basketball games. They are doing... All the things that they need to do to close these games out more often. And look, it's not perfect. The Magic looked shaky. Their offense looked rough at times. But every time it felt like New York was about to take the lead, was about to get over that hump, the Magic made a key play, made a key shot that kept them at arm's length. And so if you take this game with the L.A. Clippers game, when the Magic made huge shots to hold the Clippers off, with the... With the game against the Washington Wizards on Tuesday, where the Magic made big shots, made I think five of their last six shots. That six shot was an end of the game shot, end of game shot, um, to win that game by double digits, to run away, to literally run away from the Wizards at the end. That's three straight wins where the Magic, with a lead, granted, closed things out and won the game. That is incredible maturity and poise, and that is incredible growth, uh, and something that is. More than just the cliche, this is a game of runs. This is learning how to manage that game. This is learning how to go through the ups and downs, to take your hits, to take a punch and punch right back, to minimize the harm of the run that's coming to you, stop it and make one of your own in response. That's NBA basketball, kids. For the most part, that's NBA basketball is figuring out how to limit those runs and find your way, to find your grip. That's what the Knicks are struggling with right now. But the Magic are making these plays more and more. And yes, we could certainly talk about how different the Magic look when they're trailing. When they're down in the fourth quarter, this team doesn't have the same poise and confidence. This team playing with desperation is sometimes a little shaky. Just look at the loss of the Suns and loss to the Lakers. You get Magic are three and two in their last five. Those two losses... All, from, all coming from behind in the fourth quarter, the Magic showed their still youthful streak. But that's why these lessons are important. It's a small thing. It's a cliche thing. But the Magic are showing more mature, maturity and poise to fend off runs and to take care of their business. We're going to go through the final box score here in just a moment to recap the Orlando Magic's win over the New York Knicks. We'll get to that coming up here. In just a moment. But first, let me pull up my... There it is. Uh, But first, it's time for Nissan's most electric player of the week. It's brought to you by the all-new All-Electric 2023 Nissan Aria. This week's most electric player of the week is the presumptive rookie of the year, Paolo Bancaro. Presumptive rookie of the year, Paolo Bancaro is... I don't think anyone is hating on him. I don't think anyone is denigrating what he's done this season, although they definitely are. But for whatever reason, the narrative this week has been that Paolo Bancaro is not the surefire rookie of the year. Not the surefire, frankly, unanimous rookie of the year. No disrespect to Jalen Williams, who's having a great run and playing a great season. That was passive-aggressive, and I apologize um, no disrespect to Benedict Matherin, who has had a fantastic season, or Keegan Murray, who's been a great contributor, about to set the re- set the record for most three pointers by a rookie in a season. Part of a team that's with team in the Sacramento Kings that is getting ready for a big playoff push. No, no disrespect to Walker Kessler, who looks like a future Defensive Player of the Year candidate. All of these players have had great seasons, and we should celebrate. But it's turned into a fantastic rookie class. Come on, guys. Paolo Bancaro is the Rookie of the Year, and he proved that definitively this week. For anyone who thinks Paolo Bancaro is still going through his February swoon, I present you the electric and fierce performance he had against the Washington Wizards, hitting tough shots over defenders, nearly collecting a triple-double with eight assists and nine rebounds. Just a, a, a complete overall performance, 21 points, just did it all. And if that was enough, that I present to you the fiercely elegant and stunningly powerful performance he had against the New York Knicks. We'll dive into the box score here in a minute, but much of the same deal: scoring 20, scoring more than 20 points once again, dishing out passes, being the focal point with the Knicks sending two, sometimes three bodies. This is Tom Thibodeau giving him that respect, not some spring chicken defense, and then ultimately hitting the key shot down the stretch that delivered the magic a win. Paolo Bencaro is the Rookie of the Year. We can't give that award to him officially yet. You can go back, to the, go back a couple weeks in the pod to see my argument there um, as people try to make this an argument, which it is not. But we could give Paolo Banquero our Nissan Most Electric Player of the Week. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one EV. The all-new, all-electric Nissan R- 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now. At NissanUSA.com. Let's go through the final box scores. The Orlando Magic defeat the New York Knicks, one hundred eleven to one hundred five. Just a really just great win. Um, you know, I think the Magic. As, as bad as that West Coast road trip was, after that San Antonio game, I think there really was a kind of come-to-Jesus moment. Um, they understood that was a crushing loss to their postseason hopes, and, and, and I think it really narrowed their focus. And while they, they've struggled in some games since, I do think the Magic have started to find something. Their defense is starting to round into better form. Sorry, it was 111-106, and Magic, I, I, I shaved New York point there. Um, the Magic are really starting to round into better form defensively. Uh, and, and look two great wins on the home floor Washington and New York are two great wins a real good chance to sweep this home stand against the Brooklyn Nets on Sunday I, I I'm really loving the way the magic are playing and look I, I know Portland is fading a little bit right now and and that race for fifth in the lottery standings is getting tight but the kind of wins the magic are getting right now playing competitive playoff teams you know putting themselves in late game situations and having to execute. That's going to be so valuable to this team next year when we do expect them to be a postseason team. When we do expect them to be playing games as a team in playoff positioning. Um, you know, the Magic are not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. They're four games out with eight games to go. They still do have to win essentially every game. They can maybe they can maybe afford to lose one game the rest of the season um, to if they want to make the playoffs. They're going to have to make a Phoenix Suns bubble run uh, to make the postseason, but. They're still fighting for something. You can really, really tell that they are. And again, they're, they're growing. I, I think everyone on this team knows that the season, that this playoff chase, is not about this year. It's about setting themselves up for next year and, and the growth that's going to come. So I, again, I, I thought this was a really impressive win for the Orlando Magic. Let's start with our Nissan player, most electric player of the week, Paolo Bancaro. 21 points, 7 for 17 shooting, 2 for 4 from deep, 5 for 6 from the foul line, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals um, two blocks as well. Um, you know, Paolo's offense is really, really good, and, and I think the Knicks, the Knicks tried to single cover him a little bit in the first half, and Paolo just picked them apart. He got like seven or seven or nine points in the first quarter, just really just attacking the basket, setting setting himself up, and, and really punishing Julius Randle or whoever was defending him. The Knicks had to start bringing double teams, and the first half I thought he handled those double teams really, really well found found shooters and shooters on the perimeter really got the ball moving because teams were doubling him hard in the post and, and that was really that that was really the end the end of it it was just a a great showing um second half I think the Knicks were a little bit better cutting off those passing lanes making Paolo make tougher decisions um bringing that double team a little bit later while he's already in his move so he got caught in the air a few times made a couple pad passes there but look he's a rookie he's gonna review all the tape of the different ways teams are doubling him and learn how to attack that it's, it's it's really exciting to, to know that there are so many teams. Again, the ultimate respect is defenses are, are putting a lot of attention on you. No rookie in this class is facing the double teams that Paolo Bancaro is facing. Just, just plain and simple. Um, and at the end of the day, Paolo made the big shot. He made this humongous shot from the corner of great great passing. It started with a pass out from him. Um, just a great shot. Uh, and, and again, just a lot of confidence to shoot it. But, but what really deserves special notice here is Paolo Bancaro's defense. I thought, you know, Julius Randle still had 23 points, still had nine rebounds, still got to the line for 10 free throws, seven for 10 from the line. He was seven for 20 from the floor. And, and, And I think that Paolo deserves a lot of credit. When Randle was struggling in this game, it was because Paolo was really crowding him and really defending him well. And, you know, there are definitely a few foul calls that Paolo would say were not fouls. There's definitely one, at least, that he didn't think was a foul and did not look like a foul live or on replay. Um, but he was really engaged defensively. It was a really, really fun game, a really, really strong game uh, from Paolo Bancara. Franz Wagner, 16 points, 7 for 12, shooting 2 for 2 from the foul line, 6 assists before he left the game, but they sprained ankle midway through the fourth quarter. Um, we're all confident Franz will be fine, but we'll see about, about him on Sunday. Um, Franz was just doing all his things. He was just getting in the lane, getting to the basket. Just, just a really Franz has really picked up his driving and his ability to finish at the rim. He's kind of found a second win there. Um, and that's, that's again, really boosted this team and boosted this offense. Just another really solid game. Really helped that bench group kind of take control of the game in the, in the, in the early, late first, early second quarter. Um, you know, really played his role well. To that point then, Cole Anthony, 18.6 for 13 shooting, four for six from deep, six rebounds for him. Uh, I love Cole Anthony's rebounding ability a lot. Um, you don't expect that from a guard, especially a guard of his size. But Cole Anthony was everywhere. That dude was was just mixing it up, trying to get in the paint, trying to get in the lane, just trying to do everything that he could to just be a pest. Um, and you know, offensively, he's stepping into his jumpers, his, his shot selection has been very good. and while he didn't shoot 50% or shoot that efficiently in this game, he's smart. He's a really smart player, and I think he's really figured out where his shots are coming from in this offense, what his role should be. Um, and and he's played great. Um, with Franz out, the magic went to Cole. In that, in that finishing lineup, he made some big plays down the stretch. Now, having said that, I think Cole's defense has gotten a lot better. I think he's always been a willing defender. Um, the Knicks were attacking him endlessly. And I thought he did a really good job holding his own. They tried getting him in pick and rolls to switch on to Julius Randle. He held his own. Randle may have scored a few times, but he held his own. He was feisty, and I, just, I love the way that Cole Anthony's playing right now. He deserves a lot of credit. Wendell Carter Jr., another solid game, 16.7 for 13, shooting two for five from deep, eight rebounds. I thought he did a really good job uh, for the most part, especially offensively, just being available, getting in duck-ins, getting in du- dump-downs, getting a few offensive rebounds and put-back opportunities. Um, defensively, he struggled a little bit. I think some of it was the scheme you know, that pulls him away from his man. Mitchell Robinson had six offensive rebounds, uh, you know, only two points, but six offensive rebounds. Um, it, you know, so it was a bit of a mixed bag, six of the 13 for the Knicks, by the way. Um, offensive rebounds were a major problem early in the game. They cleaned that up, though. The Magic did a better job uh, kind of locking down that paint, and, and and Wendell Carter deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Markel Fultz. 10 points, 4 for 11 shooting, 8 assists. Did a great job moving the ball. Did a great job finding players. Had a crazy flip pass. Had an absolutely insane block on a Quentin Grimes dunk. Just, Just freaking insane play. Um, looked like Quentin Grimes had the ball in the hoop when Fultz got there, got to the ball before before us like looked like a block you only see in 2K, you know, that, that could only be animated and not real. Um, but it was real. It happened, there's replays of it. Um, but overall I thought it was a mixed game for Markel. I think I think we're used to seeing Markel playing at a certain level and you know, offensively just didn't seem as aggressive, trying to get downhill, trying to get in the paint, trying to get a scoring. Um, you know, just didn't he certainly wasn't as efficient. Um, you know there are a lot of turnovers, and it just felt like there are a lot of times when the Magic needed some organization. Now, having said that, I think Fultz did a great job late in the game, keeping the team organized, keeping the team focused. And, and again, I think that's the biggest thing with Markel Fultz, Fultz is just keeping his focus all the time. It, it, it does sometimes feel like he trails off or gets sucked into the, the pace that he doesn't want to play. But when he's focused, when he's locked in, he is as good as he is as good as any point guard that, that I've seen in a while. He is he's really solid at knowing how to control the pace of the game how to get to his spots, how to, how to use space. He, he learned from the John Rondo school of using the space that defenses are giving you to set up your own shot and get into your own rhythm. His defense is a lot better than people, I think, give it credit for. So I think what we're looking for from Markell is we know how good he can be. We're looking for just consistency, a little bit more consistency, um, I think, overall from him. And This was one of his kind of inconsistent games that he has sometimes. Um, a nice job by Caleb Houston with eight points off the bench, including five rebounds. Bo Wagner adds 11 for a Magic shoot 46% from the floor. 13 for 32 from beyond the arc. I believe the last time the Knicks came to Orlando, they really outshot the Magic from deep. This time, the Magic outshoot them 13 for 32 to 12 for 40. They get to the line for 21 free throws, 18 for 21 from the line. Um, You know, New York got 26 free throws. They were 20 for 26 from the line. This was a physical game, and I really liked how the refs let let both teams kind of play a little bit, Um, but certainly a, a very, very physical game. You could sense some of the frustration from both sides. Turnovers were a huge problem for Orlando. They had 16 of them for 28 New York points. New York just 13 for 13 points. Orlando wins uh, points in the paint. I need to make sure that was true. Um, Wins points in the paint 50 to 48. So a good sign there. Um, They lose second chance points 17 to 10, a big, big factor in the game there, uh, as well as fast break points 20 to 15. But Orlando is able to pull out the win. Julius Randle is 23. Emmanuel quickly and Quentin Grimes both have 25. Quickly shoots 7 for 17, 9 for 10 from the line. Grimes ten for eighteen, including five three pointers. That was a big, big part of this game as well. The Orlando Magic, though, defeat the New York Knicks one eleven to one hundred six. We'll recap the celebrations for Dennis Scott's induction into the Basketball Hall of Fame. We'll do that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our friends at ibotta groceries school shopping and getting a little something for yourself you know you're already doing it so why not get cash back for it with ibotta or ibotta you can earn cash back on every shopping trip ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back it's that easy the average ibotta user earns $120 per year in real cashback. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or it could use your cashback to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. A typical basket of groceries is more than, is, was over $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than the beginning of the year due to inflation. You could earn two and a half times that in a cashback from Ibotta. Or even more depending on how much you use Ibotta. Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCK when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCK. That's Ibotta. I-B-O-T-T-A. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Player App Store today and use code LOCK for this special bonus. (laughs) Thursday was a really special day at the Amway Centers. The Orlando Magic inducted Dennis Scott into the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. We talked a little bit about Dennis Scott on yesterday's show, but Dennis Scott is such an important player in Magic history. And and he said something, uh, and, and I think Alex Martin, the Magic CEO, who's been with the team since the beginning essentially, except for a few years there in the middle, um, said something really interesting that, that got me thinking about it and and, and, and tending to agree with um, with what what they said. They called Dennis Scott one of the founding fathers of the Orlando Magic. Um, and and that, that was a real—I felt like that was such an interesting statement, an interesting way to look at things. Dennis Scott was taken with the fourth pick in the 1990 NBA draft, so ahead of the Magic's second season in the league. And he and Nick Anderson ran the show until Shaq arrived. Um, that was their team. They both averaged 19.9 points per game in the 91-92 season. Then the Magic get Shaquille O'Neal— and all of a sudden, everything changes. Um, so, you know, I Dennis Scott being in the Hall of Fame is long overdue. It, it, it was certainly one of the first players that needed to be done. The Magic are still kind of working through the early years of their existence and, the, and their organization as they continue to fill out their Hall of Fame. Uh, but Dennis Scott was was just long overdue and super worthy. And, and this idea that he is a founding father really, really struck me. Um, you know, first... Scott in his acceptance speech, you know, in his in his speech was extremely emotional, extremely happy. thanked everyone who helped him get there from John Gabriel for, for having the belief in him to draft him to his early coaches, Matt Gukas and Brian Hill, for letting him be himself and shooting threes at a time when a lot of coaches didn't trust the three-point line or use it at all, if, 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 if any. Um, to thank all his teammates, it, it, was, it was a very emotional Thing and he said, you know, to be, to be in Orlando for seven years, to be in a place for seven years, it it really did feel like home, and and it really did mean something to be recognized in this way. I know the Magic have not always done the best job recognizing and, and appreciating and celebrating their history. Um, you know, certainly I think there's still a massive debate. I I know there's an internal debate about it as well, about retiring jerseys. Um, I am in the retire 25 camp for Dick Anderson. Um, but, but it meant a lot for Dennis to be there. And, and obviously Dennis is... I think Dennis is one of the most important players in league history. It's not just magic history. In league history. He essentially made the three-point shot a thing. You know, the three-point shot does not exist in the way that we conceive of it without Dennis Scott, without 3D. Um, you know, he... he Made the he he was on the team that made you know he the man the '95 finals again I I like I think the 1995 NBA Finals is one of the most important NBA Finals in league history. Um, I think that it is it 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 really made the three point shot normal. It normalized the three point shot and showed the league that hey, you can not only win you can win at a high level by shooting a lot of by shooting threes more um the rockets were a great three-point shooting team the magic were a great three-point shooting team um you know they were, i think they were the first two teams in the top 10 in three-point attempts to make the make the nba finals like it was it was so, it was a huge huge deal um, and dennis scott is a huge part of that because he was the first one doing pull-up threes he was the first one spawning up at the three-point line on fast breaks he was one of the first guys that really made the three-pointer such a dangerous weapon um, it's certainly not good enough to put him in the big hall in springfield but he was so vital to this Magic franchise taking that first big leap from going from an expansion franchise, you know, obviously with Shaquille O'Neal, but giving Shaq a shooter to surround him and be a constant threat made so many things work for this team. And it's, and it's the basic concept of what we think of the NBA today. Um, you know, Dennis Scott, Dennis Scott even joked that, joked that, you know, he told his mom, like, why couldn't you have me a few years later, give me a little bit more time when everyone understood how valuable the three-point line was? Now, granted, he was still the fourth pick in the draft in 1990. Um, but his legacy in Orlando is just someone who was with this team from the very beginning, was someone who was fun and and easy to connect with and the fan base. Fans still love him. Fans around the league still love him. They, you know, He played for a few other teams after Orlando. He played for Dallas, New York, and I believe Vancouver, um, but everyone around the league loves Dennis Scott. Um, and, and, and it was really special to see him get this moment. Really special to see him with his family to celebrate this moment. Uh, and really special to finally have Dennis Scott in the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked Up Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at PhilipRROMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. You're tuned in Himalayan, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of my Sinhala podcasts to your podcast enabled device. So, Lace on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com because follow us there on Twitter at OmagicDaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked on can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked on NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. We'll be back. On Monday to recap the Magic's game against the Brooklyn Nets. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily, locked on Magic, this week Phil so I'm for another episode.